Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're talking about getting more conservative as you get older. Nick, you must be getting pretty conservative by now, I'd have thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm getting something. Um, the uh, This has been something which has cropped up, actually, again, over and over again, the last few years, particularly in the UK. I think less so in the US, for various reasons. But I'm thinking particularly of the recent election, which saw the Tories returned with a spanking big majority, mm. and the Brexit, of course, Brexit referendum from uh, a few years ago. A lot of one of the key things that people noticed was that these there was a big age split. So young people were much more likely to vote Remain and much more likely to vote Labour. Uh, old people were much more likely to do the opposite: vote for Leave and vote Tory. Um, young people get very resentful about this because they think, well, um, you know, the old people are going to be here less. They're, they're ruining it for us who are still up and coming. But actually, I mean, the issue, isn't it, is that... And actually, some one of the arguments I saw was, <clears throat> well, now we should rerun... We should have another referendum because all, a lot of the older Leave voters will have died. So instead of having 52 uh, Leave, 48 remain, it's now going to be the other way around when you take off, take off the people who've died. Mm. But of course, what all of that neglects is the perennial and oft-noted through the centuries since the time of plato oft noted uh tendency that people have to become more conservative as they get older so we might think that instead of it being a whole bunch of young uh left-wingers who are going to grow up to be old left-wingers mm. what actually happens is there's some sort of pivot point in the middle and in fact yes some old leave voters will have died but then some some people who were just on the cusp uh, had, have had their 40th birthday and now suddenly have become raving uh, leavers, you mm. know. Um, and and so I, it's an interesting enough question in its own right mm. and not very well understood as to why this happens. I, I, I mean, I just think one thing we need to do is we need to have a quick swing by defining, right, uh, conservatism and liberalism, yeah. I suppose. But um, b- and we, before we can talk about why one might change from one to the other, uh, but Peter, is anything you want to jump in on here? You can, uh, well, you can start uh, off with that quote. I don't yeah, know. The, yeah, well, there's the, the famous quote. The, the famous yeah, which we quote. We might as well tackle. So, well, it's which I thought was Churchill. You said it's not. You said it's let's, John let's Adams. So but Nick man, says it's neither. Any man who is under thirty and not a liberal has no heart, and any man who is over thirty and is not conservative has no brain. So, often attributed to Winston Churchill and many, many others. But actually, according to Fred Shapiro of Freakonomics fame, mm. uh, who recently uh, wrote a book, the Yale Book of Quotations, mm. his research indicates that the earliest reference to a form of that quote, not the, there's been many forms throughout the years, was John Adams, the second president of the United States between 1797 and 1801. So it's a lot older than Winston Churchill. Mm. Um, it's a good quote. It fits. But yeah. it's also points to the fact even if adams was using it in the sense of well this is a well-known adage rather than coining it himself then we're looking at a concept that goes back a lot yeah, older indeed yeah yeah and so, i think i think it's sort of it's the it's the, it's an it's an age-old observation that people generally uh settle down in life and stick with certain things and i think there are there are sort of behavioral drivers that make intuitive sense so i r- rattled a few down when i was 
considering this topic that you know as you when you're young everything's new you never done you haven't done anything before so everything's kind of new and exciting and you don't know kind of what works mm. um so but as you get older you found you've tried lots of things and you found a few things that you like so you you may you may for the sake of ease just stick with those things that you like also as you will get older you have more responsibility children houses that sort of thing so you haven't you've got less time to try new things and you've got less sort of space in your life to try new things um uh you also get old physically older so you're you're physically less capable of accommodating the sort of discomfort and stress of trying new things um so you might you tend you might tend to stick with what's easiest but also in sort of group dynamics um young the young uh you you will probably seek uh, acceptance amongst their peers by valuing trying new things and 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 and, ver- and seeing that as a virtue uh whereas when you're amongst all other people who've got all those same constraints that i just mentioned uh you're more likely to signal con- conservatism and uh, stick with towing the line well that's it then we're done no um no because which some of these i mean the key question really is are people are people and this is what we need to find out because look conservatism in as much as these things can be right or wrong is a set of propositions about about how the world ought to be and what kinds of policies we should have and um they 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 can be correct or incorrect it can be true that a conservative proposal would be more likely to have uh the a desired outcome than uh than a left-wing proposal right so it, we do have a kind of responsibility to work out whether or not people become more conservative as they get older because they get wiser and more likely to be correct about what will work or whether they for example get different desires about the world because they um their circumstances change and those two stories essentially represent the two arms if you're old and conservative like me you're probably going to say you know i've just got more life experience i know what kinds of things have worked i can see the kinds of things that people have tried to implement based on you know youthful idealism and seen how often they fail um and conservatism just works better it's more likely to succeed at its own aims um whereas if you're young what i would have said you know 20 25 years ago is that well old people have they've acquired loads of money and now they want to pull the ladder up and they're not interested in you know left-wing redistributive policies because they want to keep their money for themselves and they probably believe that they're the author of their success and they're more likely to be individualistic and selfish etc which of those is true has an impact on which policies we should adopt but i think you see when you said what's conservatism Mm. i think that's a good question Mm. so we probably ought to look at it so I, i i had a i just jotted down a few things which i think kind of describe how i how i've uh, you know how i've become more more conservative over time okay and they are i think the belief primarily i guess the definition is a belief that radical changes are are prob- are more likely to be harmful than small ones so that that a radical proposed radical change is more likely to have more of a cost than than the, whatever benefits it purports to to bring whatever problems it is trying to solve um i've i think also the belief that existing things existing institutions and norms um and prevailing sort of cultural tastes for what's good and bad probably serve hidden benefits even if they're not obvious so 
you know you you might uh, you you might think when you're young you think well what's the why you know what's the point of everyone why does everyone wear a suit why don't we all just wear you know whatever we want um but actually maybe those things serve a benefit that you're not aware of you know so there's 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 you've got to have a kind of tendency to at least start by saying well maybe this is doing something that we can't see sometimes called chesterton's fence um that um having a system of laws and a strong state makes people better off right uh that individuals is a more meaningful unit of concern than society um and i think fundamentally right so this is drilling a bit beneath that underlying definition of conservatism i think it comes it comes down to the belief that actually what's important in terms of the systems we set up is that is means is how is the rules that we that we sort of decide to impose on 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 ourselves the rules are more important than the ends than what it is that people end up with right so you know society the goodness or badness of a society doesn't reside in who's got what uh, at the end of the day it resides in the rules by which they got what they've got mm. that i think that summarizes the direction that i've gone in i've gone more towards believing those things although in any given case it's not you know i'm not it's not an ideology for me it's still a kind of utilitarian will it work but i think i've come more and more to acquire the evidence that it probably won't work if it's massively radical um you know so there, there you go that's what i mean yeah well how has it manifested itself in in I mean, I know you went out and joined the National Socialist Party you know, right. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. How has it manifested itself in your, if it in has, your, in your dotage? Has, who knows? Yeah. You may have well have become a see. I think I'm raging more... Corbynite. Yeah. So well, two things. First of all, what's interesting is from that sort of some of the things you said out there is that on the surface, just one of the analogies we we talked about there was Brexit. Um, was if ever there was radical change, it's Brexit, right? But it's, people yeah, would much. probably say, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I wouldn't want to necessarily speak to people, but it might be reverting to something, actually. So changing back to how it was is how some people... But also, I, yeah. That's certainly I how think, it was kind of solved. Yeah. Was taking well, I, back I, control. I, so I, I th- no, I think, it looks I like think change, but it's changed to how it was. I, I think people see the biggest agent of change as being the EU. Yeah. In, in attempting to pursue a project mm. in very much a kind of idealistic way mm. uh in a way that sort of a conservative take would be well it's trying to you know it's, it's trying to impose a vision and that's harmful yeah, like yeah. whereas it's not just about yeah okay well let's tinker with things and see what works and generally kind of do things that people want rather than do things that we think they ought to do um and and people would would have yeah. said would have sort seen I, the I, eu as I, th- I think it's probably worth trying to um draw a distinction between conservatism versus liberal ideologies so this sort of social and uh, um in in this sort of social sense socialistic sense like um distribution redistribution of wealth etc and conservatism and progressivism so i think you would i think you would agree that you are a progressive in that you you don't you don't believe that con- things could just should just stay as they are because no, they're better no, as they exactly. are so it's very much about policies about how we approach yeah. fixing things rather than what we should be doing yeah you know, so, I mean. so you 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 agree that there, there are things that could be changed to make things better 
but you're not an extreme progressive. You do you think we should throw everything out the out you know out of the window and start again and rebuild the state from scratch? But you you, you use you you would prefer to use what we have now and build um, iteratively on what we have. Yeah, yeah. And I think but I think it's, it's an important thing because they often get conflated like the idea of liberalism uh, as being a sort of anti uh, um, utilitarianism. And, 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 and liberalism being a being about social socialistic ideals versus liberalism in the in the sense of progressivism and wanting to change things. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, it, like, my, I would, I'm definitely a liberal, classical liberal when it comes to you know the kind of instinct about what the world should be like. You know, it's sort of generally that I like freedom. I like giving individuals opportunities to do things rather than you know giving people things or preventing people from having things Hmm. but i mean my political beliefs are a big mess really it is like okay well different problems are different and different solutions are probably going to be different but i think conservatism is part part of it is being comfortable with that Hmm. and saying yeah the real world is a big mess and not saying oh it's a big mess we should untangle it all and 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 impose a you know rational system on it all yeah yeah, no, I once did a, um, where I was on a on an X and Y axis with a political, working out where I was. The, and... the political compass. Yeah, that, yeah that's what I once was. So this about. is, yeah, so so the, the old left-right distinction isn't very good because it conflates lots of other things. Um, and people have come up with other ways of trying to position people in a on a political kind of um, spectrum. And um, the one that I think works best, certainly for explaining things about what goes, what's happening in politics, is... Um, one that looks at the uh, sort of values, which mm. you might think of as like, what should the world be like? Mm. Um, of, ranging from kind of quite, a quite traditional vision of, you know, things ought to be pretty much at the extreme end, you know, maybe what, what they were like in the 1950s. And, you know, being we should have sort of quite, you know, fixed social norms and social hierarchies through to a very sort of progressive, we, we should let it all hang out and just do what we want. Mm. And the other axis... Is about kind of generally your approach to how you should, what, how government should try and fix things. Okay, um, being ranging from on one end sort of uh, communism, government controls everything and hands things out, uh, generally as a way of enforcing stuff. To the other end, which is sort of arch libertarian. Um, you know, we should we should virtually have no rules. The state should really only exist to do collective defence and and fix and enforce contracts and fix um, you know externalities and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. That's quite a good spectrum. And then, then you then you start to see better distinctions. So you have, for example, the sort of Thatcherism, which would be bottom right, which would be quite progressive socially. Like that, the Thatcherites weren't, they, the Thatch, Thatcher and, and that whole crowd, were, they weren't, they didn't have a social vision, really. It, they mm. didn't want to kind of return. It wasn't about a village green kind of vision of Britain. It mm. was very modern and kind of, but the, the policies were very much about, you know, giving, putting, putting wealth into the hands of individuals and getting the state out of, out of people's business and stuff. Um, and versus the top right, which is your classic kind of, you know, 19th century conservative, you know, mm. where, uh, which might be typified by someone like, um, uh, you know, Rhys Mogg or, uh, which is sort of Britain was basically perfect in the 19th century, and we should go back to that. Um, and then, it, and it also provides that distinction on the other half of that spectrum between old Labour, which is very much traditional values but sort of socialist approaches, hmm. and new Labour, which is um, sort of progressive values and still broadly sort of socialist approaches to them. 
But yeah. So well, I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's where Brexit. The interesting thing about Brexit is that it divided top to bottom. There, it's a division of values which cut across the yeah. political spectrum, and not a division between you know kind of economic policies, as it were. Because I can't yeah. remember. I think that is possibly the same um, you know test that I took, and I was surprised to see where I I came out sort of quite you know very progressive and actually slightly sort of uh, left wing. Uh, what, what, were, what were you closest to? I was, Tony, I was Tony Blair. I, I no, I was closest to Barack Obama. I remember, oh, okay, I remember yeah. feeling I quite pleased well, about Barack that. Well, Barack Obama's a bit of a... He's not, he wouldn't be that far from Tony Blair, I yeah, guess. Yeah, there we go. Sort of, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, no, I should have said Genghis Khan, shouldn't I? Yeah. Like, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, but no... Everyone but also Genghis Khan is right wing. You know, people always say the, to the right of Genghis Khan. Well, I don't... It seems pretty left wing to me. Massive collective. Well, he sort of he tries to introduce uh, childcare subsidies for uh, for mothers, so you know <laughs> he's got a bad rap. Um, but I um, don't even know if it, I'm sort of wondering did, if did, that's he true. He did turn a lot of women into mothers. So <laughs> yeah. might, widows, yeah. I think you mean, yeah, and widows. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, you're probably right about the yeah. Um, but look, my point is this: when I did that, I was quite surprised because you know I'm getting on in years. I'm not, you know, I know you you don't think this, but I'm no longer in my twenties. Um, I'm no longer in my thirties, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know it's astonishing. And I was quite surprised. And 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 then I I thought, well, the bad news is, well, I must have no no brain then because you know because certainly when I was younger, when I was I was I'm not I wasn't exactly a young conservative, but I did. You know, I was much more right wing in my views when I was younger. And so I've become more liberal, less conservative. So I'm going against, you know, so I'm, yeah, no well, brain. I think that just bears out the adage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no heart, no brain. <laughs> yeah, plenty oh, of yeah. heart. No. You're going the wrong way. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I suspect. Well, okay, if the information, let's try and think about what this tells us about the hypotheses. So, you know, we've essentially got the more information, more wisdom hypothesis mm. and the more sort of selfishness, more to lose kind of hypothesis. Um, I'd suggest that 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 is what you've just described is is evidence in favour of the more wisdom hypothesis, which ought to be right. Because and I know you might say I would say this, but it ought to be the case that you are going to move away from extremism because mm. extremism doesn't work. You know, any kind of big idealistic approach to fixing problems doesn't work. It just empirically doesn't work. Uh, you know, so so you would think that whatever, wherever you start, you ought to drift towards, you know, being a bit of a kind of moderate as you get older. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and certainly that's 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 been my you know journey as well but but yeah no i mean so so i think i think that's that's one in favor of the of the wisdom hypothesis yeah um i've not heard from peter for a bit um peter well returning back to our original question of what what makes what what is the what are the drivers uh that cause people to be more conservative as they age um there are there there's a sort of there's a debate that that rages on um uh, about this whether or not it's the the age factor itself, like the the more life experience, etc., um, and the responsibilities, or is it generational? So there's a sort of, I've been mean, a general shift uh, in the last hundred years or so towards a more liberal, progressive society in the West. Um, so, um, which makes the younger generations more likely to be conservative and liberal because that's all they've known than their previous, than their than their preceding generations. Um, so think for example like when our parents were uh young mm. homosexuality was illegal mm. abortion was illegal etc death penalty was still around mm. um but we grew up in a world that 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 wasn't the case um and 
the people the generations who are following us are growing up in an environment where there's other things that are, that were considered taboo um that are now mainstream so mm. it's sort of it is it, the kind of the in, environment in which you've grown up is like the baggage you carry through your generation mm-hmm. so it's like it, it, which is, is circular in the sense that one is possibly they're reinforcing each other but it's it, that could be a greater driver perhaps in the last sort of fifty hundred years than the actual age factor the the, the sort of the, the yeah, natural progression towards conservatism well on the current current trends certainly in western europe let's say that just an, a never-ending sort of march of of, of of liberalism no i mean yeah i think i think if you look at the way that um not, kind of what's considered to be well i think the way that people normally describe it is as a widening of the circle of concern right of kind of of being uh, from a sort of um prehistoric uh, approach which is it's me and my family and my tribe to gradually widening that to you know your nation uh including more and more people who aren't like you um and and uh and almost like all all policies really have have, have kind of pushed us towards um a, a view that as individuals everyone broadly deserves equal treatment which you know was not not is not normal at all it's something we all take for granted but you know that that diet that has been very much one way you know uh getting rid of slavery having equal rights for women having equal rights for you know for um ethnic minorities and so on has all gone in the same direction of of basically making things more and more equal from a sort of legal standpoint um i and and um so in a way and so i i sort of the way i think about this is that in a way the left has won the battle of ends but the right has won the battle of means in the sense that the the left has uh has broadly the the view the world that we have is one that conservatives have probably over the last two or three hundred years done their best to try and stop which is you know having uh, extending rights to people Mm. and and um, and making things uh, equal and enforcing these things legally, but at the same time, you know, I don't think, you know, well, I hesitate to say this, but people don't generally try and impose left-wing policies. Uh, people certainly don't vote for them by evidence of the left of the last election, but people recognise that, you know, at least policies that sixty or seventy years ago. People might have looked at the Soviet Union and said, "Well, those guys are doing pretty well. That's a that's a good way of running society, isn't it?" And lot and a lot of respectable intellectuals would have thought the same. Nowadays, nobody nobody would, mm, would do that. Mm. So I think I think the 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 right has has won the battle of how you how you're supposed to, what economic policies we should have and how we should generally govern ourselves. And the left has won the battle of what society ought to look like, which is you know they're all getting what they want, really, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, call it a draw. I think that's a nice uh, note on which to wrap up on. I don't, well, we haven't answered the question, but that's pretty standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. I've been here with Peter Cockle and Nick Hill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.